الحمد لله وكفى وسلاما على عباده الذين استفى اما بعد so in the last two sessions we were talking about dhikr kathir in the first day we covered wukuf qalbi which is the first way to read dhikr kathir which is called dhikr aam to remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 24 hours a day then in the second session we talked about muraqaba which is dhikr khas which means that for 20 or more minutes a day you should sit down and we should cut ourselves off from everything in the world and remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all devotion. Those are the two major things that needed to be explained. The other of the uh, other remaining four of the ma'mulat are a bit easier to understand. So we'll go over three of them very quickly today. The next thing is tilawat al-Qur'an. Tilawat al-Qur'an that our Messiah teaches that everybody should have a daily practice of reciting the Qur'an al-Kareem. Now this is separate from any recitation of surahs that you do. In other words, if you recite surah Yasin after Fajr, surah Mulk after Isha, surah Kaf on Fridays, surah Waqiyah in the evening, this is separate from that. And this is also separate from reading the Qur'an in translation or reading tafsir or reading Qur'an with the niyat of hasul al-ilm or to acquire knowledge. This is separate from that as well. This is simply a daily practice of reciting the Qur'an, a portion of the Qur'an every day so that over time you complete the Qur'an and then you start it again. And the reason for this is that the Qur'an al-Kareem is the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is one of His sifat, it is one of His attributes. And this is the only one of Allah Subhanahu's attributes which in this world we are able to engage in a hissy and a tangible way. When we recite the words of the Quran, we are rolling the divine speech, the kalam of Allah Subhanahu, the sifat, the attribute of Allah off of our tongues. So we need to engage, experience that divine speech on a daily basis. In Arabic, that itself has its own anwarat, its own uh, uh, beneficence, its own benefit. How much to recite a day? The Mashaikh prefer that all of us try to recite one juz, one thirtieth of the Qur'an a day. If a person is unable to do this, then they should start by reciting one half a juz a day. They should start by reciting one half a juz a day. In extreme circumstances, on an occasional basis, if a person is very busy, uh, or maybe is traveling or something like that, then they can recite one quarter juz a day. This is basically the sum of different things we've heard our shaykh say over different times. So the goal is one juz a day. If we can't reach that goal immediately, then to start with half a juz. But the bare minimum should be one quarter a juz. Our hope, our desire, our effort should be that not a single day of our life should pass by except on the page of our book of deeds for that day, recitation of Qur'an, tilawat al-Qur'an al-Kareem is, is written on that page. If a person has difficulty reading Qur'an or if a person has yet to learn how to read the Qur'an then obviously they should spend their time studying a tajweed or learning the Arabic alphabet, learning how to read the Qur'an from a qualified instructor, from somebody who is able to train you in that way. And so initially then you can spend that time that you would have spent, which is about 20, 30, 40 minutes in your daily recitation, you can spend that time learning how to read and recite the Qur'an al-Kareem. Once a person reaches a bare minimum level, however, then they should begin, as long as they've reached a bare minimum level in which they can recite correctly, they should begin their practice of daily recital. Additional knowledge of Tajweed and Qiraat can continue if they wish, 
but that won't substitute for the daily recitation. Only that basic foundational level of learning how to read the Qur'an can be a substitute for daily recitation. Hazrat Shaykh has mentioned in his book a few benefits of reciting the Qur'an. The first is that you fulfill the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَقْرَأُوا مَا تَيَسَّرَ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us in the Qur'an that فَقْرَأُوا we should recite مَا تَيَسَّرَ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ Whatever is easy for us to recite in the Qur'an. So on the one hand this seems like a very uh, soft order. Recite what is easy. Right? In this day and age everybody loves to hear the word ease, yusr and deen. We love to see these words come together. But the deen is a deen of ease. Right? So then Allah SWT in a different verse of the Qur'an made this clear that what you think is easy, right? Actually Allah SWT wants us to do something more. So in Surah Al-Baqarah he says, الَّذِينَ آتَيْنَاهُمُ الْكِتَابَ يَطْلُونَهُ حَقَّ تِلَاوَتِهِ أُولَٰئِكَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ That those people upon whom the Qur'an has been revealed, they recited what? حَقَّ تِلَاوَتِهِ So the other ayah was, what is easy? Here is Hakka Tilawati, you should recite the Quran as much or as deeply, as intently as it deserves to be recited. This is the attribute of those people, Yu'minun and Bihu, who truly believe in it. That is the other extreme. One is extreme is one side is to recite whatever is easy. So how do you join between these two things? This is the job of Ramshah. Remember I told you the Mashaikh they took their usul of dhikr from the Qur'an. So when our Mashaikh tell us that we should try to work our way up to one juz a day, we can understand from that that it is in human capacity, it is relatively easy at some point to be able to recite that one juz a day. And at the same time if we do recite that one juz a day and thereby finish the Qur'an al-Karim once a month, that will at least at some basic level be fulfilling haqqa tilawati, or at a basic level we would have begun to fulfill the right of Quranic recitation. What are the benefits uh, uh, that person who has difficulty in reciting the Quran should not feel shy. Some people can recite the Quran very fluently. Maybe they can read one juz in 30 minutes, in 40 minutes. Right? Like MashaAllah Shaykh Hafiz Janet. The Hafaz are blessed with this ability. Then there are people like me who take longer to read the Quran al-Kareem. Right? And there might be someone who is stuttering or struggling sometimes even to figure out how to pronounce it. It's okay, we should still recite the Qur'an because the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu said indeed there's muttafaqun alayhi which is in the Sahih Bukhari and in Muslim. Rasulullah said That that person who recites the Qur'an and stutters or struggles along the way but he is shaq. He has uh, ishtiaq, he is desirous, he is yearning. He is reciting with love, with earnest, with desire. Lahu ajran, he gets two rewards. One for the recitation and one for the stuttering. So remember, in Muraqabah, we said that a person, if he does mujahidah, he gets two rewards. One is the reward for the dhikr and one is the reward for the mujahidah, for the struggle to do the dhikr. Just like that in Tilawat to Qur'an, if somebody makes mujahidah when they recite, they get two rewards according to the Sahih one for the Qur'an recitation and one for the struggling to recite the Qur'an properly. So then if a person, this we can relate this to our situation this way, that a person who feels that you know, uh, other people are able to recite one juz in 40 minutes 
I can only recite half a juz in 40 minutes. Why? Because I recite slowly, I struggle along the way. Wallahu ajran, he gets double the reward. So it's as if he gets the reward of reciting one juz as well. Okay? So we should not in any way feel any hesitation in reciting the Quran al-Kareem. But we should recite it with earnestness and yearning and desire. Then, in the hadith it comes that why is it that our Mashaikh have made recitation of the Quran specifically part of the Sawaf? In other words, there are many things that Allah SWT tells us to do that might not be in these six ma'mullah. So then for these things we need to understand what is the special relationship between Tilawat al-Quran and the goal of the Sawaf, which is the qurb or the proximity, their nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is understood in one hadith that is narrated in the collection of Imam al-Nasai rahimahullah, in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna lillahi ahleen. That for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is something called the ahleen, his ahl, his close ones, his folk. Who are such people? Ahlina min nas From amongst humanity, there are some people who are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who are they? Qalu. Qalu, the Sahaba asked, Manhum ya Rasulullah. That who are they, O beloved Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Qalu, the Prophet said, Ahlul Qur'ani hum ahlullahi wa khasat. That the Ahlul Qur'an, the people of Qur'an, they're the Ahlullah. That they're the people of Allah wa khasun and they're his special servants. So we learn from this hadith and the tilawat of the book is a way to become amongst the Ahlullah or the special folk or the special servants of Allah. And that is why it is very important that if we are sincere of this goal and tasawwuf to become uh, pleasing to Allah SWT that we recite the Qur'an al-Kareem. And hence the Mashaikh made special mention of it in these ma'mulat. The reason I'm saying this is that these six ma'mulat are not the deen in entirety. The deen in entirety is the Qur'an, Sunnah and Sharia. There will be things in the Qur'an Sunnah that are not mentioned here. These are some specific things that if we do, uh, ext- we do them with extra care, they help us reach the goal of the self. Otherwise you will see already in few bounds of shaykh that there are many, so many things, dua, sabr, so many things that a person has to do. Right? The next thing is istighfar. And that is to recite 200 times a day, Astaghfirullah Rabbi min kulli wa atubu ilayh. Astaghfirullah, I seek the forgiveness of Allah. Rabbi, my Lord, my cherisher, my sustainer, min from kulli min from all of my sins, wa atubu, and I turn in repentance ilayhi unto Him. Ilayhi, not ilayk. Astaghfirullah Rabbi min kulli wa atubu ilayhi. Ilayhi unto Him. Okay. Nashaykh again picked this formula using different verses of the Quran and different ahadith of the Prophet They picked the shortest formula which was what we call uh, in Arabic they call it ma qalla wa ma dalla that which is small but concise but to the point but is also jami' is also complete. So we seek the forgiveness of Allah we testify that He is our Rabb. What from what? From all of our sins and then after seeking that forgiveness what do we do? We turn in repentance unto Him. This should be recited 200 times a day, that means 100 times in the morning and 100 times in the evening. In other words, twice a day. Just like we mentioned, muraqaba should ideally be done twice in a 24-hour period. Istighfar should also be done twice in a 24-hour period. If a person is unable to do so, then what we can do is we can have a proper sitting of istighfar, which we recite one tasbih means 100 times istighfar, and the other 100 times you can stay while walking somewhere. 
while going somewhere, while driving, while sitting in a bus, something like that. So if you're not able to set aside two dedicated settings to do istighfar twice a day for 100 times each, then there should be one dedicated sitting in which we say it 100 times, and the other 100 we can say while walking or going somewhere or doing something else almost. Okay. The way to say istighfar. All of these ma'mulat, these tilawat of the Qur'an, istighfar and the sharif, we should try to save them on the pattern that our akabr, that our elders, that our pious predecessors uh, used to recite them. So for example, there was a very famous alim, Shaykh Malana Hussein Ahmad Madani Rahimahullah. He is called Madani because for 18 years, he used to give dars of hadith, he used to teach hadith in Masjid al Nabwi in Medina Manawara. However, he was born in India. He was educated in India. His Shaykh was in India. Hazrat Shaykh Al-Hind Rahimahullah. And he passed away in India. Shaykh Madni. But despite that, everybody knows him as Shaykh Madni. If you go anywhere in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and you just say Malana Madni, you don't say his name, Hussain Ahmad Rahimahullah. Everybody knows that if you just say Malana Madni, you mean Hazrat Shaykh Ahmad, Hussain Ahmad Madni Rahimahullah. It is mentioned in his life, and when he used to recite istighfar, he used to sit down with wudu on the masala facing the qibla, and he used to put his rumal out in front of him. And when he used to make istighfar, he used to cry so much that his rumal was there to soak up the tears that he would shed when making istighfar. So imagine that if this is the state of istighfar of somebody who was accepted by Allah to teach hadith in Medina Manawara in the Arabic language in Masjid al Nabawi for 18 years. What should be on the state of our istighfar? Who are not even proper students of the hadith, let alone khuddam or uh, servants of the ulum and nabawi of the knowledge of Rasulullah So when we make istighfar, it's very important to make istighfar with the presence of our heart. Otherwise it can become habitualized, it can become habitual. Three minutes will pass and you're done. And we don't do these ma'amulat just to get the burden off our shoulders, just to get them done with, just to do them for the sake of doing them. We're doing them for the sake of getting some benefit. And that benefit will only be obtained if we say them with a present heart, if our heart is present. So that means that when we say each and every one of those hundred istighfarat, we should say it with remorse, with regret, or being conscious of our sins or our sinful state. And there are several ways to do this. One is to consciously think of a particular sin that we had done. The second is to not, if we're not able to call to memory a particular sin, is to reflect on our sinful state, on our sorrowful state, on the sadness of our state overall. Generally, what type of people are we? Forget any specific actions that we may have done. Generally, what type of thing are we presenting to Allah subhanahu wa Then, number three, we can reflect on our cult. What type of heart do we have that is going to be presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do we have that qalbun salim, that pure and untainted heart? So the more and more we become reflective, the more reflection we have in our istighfar, the more powerful and effect it will have on us. Then, another thing, number four, we can make istighfar of is our ghafla. Ya Allah, we have spent so much of our life in a state of heedlessness. Or number five, our inability to do qadr, our inability to value or esteem the ni'mas Allah has given us. The Ya Allah, you gave us iman. I didn't value it. I am ashamed at that. I recite istighfar. You gave us Islam. 
we didn't value it. We are ashamed of that. We recited istighfar. You gave us ihsan. You gave us shaykh. You gave us silsla. You gave us bayah. Ya Allah, we didn't value it. We are ashamed we make istighfar. Ya Allah, that we have been bayah for years. And in those years, how many days did we actually do everything we were supposed to do every day? Ya Allah, we are ashamed we make istighfar. So, to make istighfar on our ghafla or our on our lack of qadr, on our lack of value. Then to make istighfar on our nifaq, that Ya Allah, I'm two-faced. Ya Allah, people call me Sufi. People call me Shaykh. People call me Mulana. People call me Mufti. Ya Allah, you know the condition of my heart. Allah, I make istighfar on my hypocrisy. I seek forgiveness for my nifaq. So once a person starts thinking, there's no limit to how many istighfar we can make. Once you just have to set your mind in that mindset. Then you can make a thousand and it won't be enough. So every day to make this istighfarat with a presence of our heart. Number one, the formula of istighfar. Number two, the presence of heart. Number three, a particular intention. And that is that istighfar consists of several things. Number one, istighfar means that we should have nadma. Nadma means remorse and regret over our sin. We should feel bad. So the first level, the first daraja of istighfar is nadma. The first step, not level, the first component of istighfar is that we should have remorse and regret. We should actually be feeling sad. We should be crying or we should even make the Prophet said one day if you don't cry, make your face as if you're crying. Fake cry. Adopt the likeness of the people of Buka. Adopt the simile of the people of crying. Maybe Allah SWT will give us the tawfiq to really be people who cry. So number one, we should have nadma, remorse and regret. Number two, istighfar means that we're seeking Allah's forgiveness. We're saying sorry. We're apologizing. Number three is tawbah is that we're making a sincere intention never to do that sin again. That's very important. The istighfar to be accepted, that while we are asking Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness for that sin, from the depth of our heart we should sincerely mean and want not to do that sin again. And that means that we won't go near that place of sin. If there is some person who drags us into sin, we will leave that person. And we have to be true to that intention. If we really sincerely never want to do that sin again, then we will leave the gatherings of sin. We will leave the opportunities of sin. We will leave the people of sin. We will leave the media that puts thoughts of sin in us. So we have to have that sincerity when we make istighfar. One hundred times, twice a day, in a separate setting. Otherwise, once, hundred times in a dedicated setting. And others, you, other hundred times you can do while traveling, while walking, while going somewhere, while coming from somewhere. Any questions on istighfar or on tilawa? Uh, a time for istighfar. Allah SWT said in the Quran, وَبِلْ أَسْحَارِ هُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ وَبِلْ أَسْحَارِ هُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ That they make istighfar at the time of suhoor. It's not far to do it at this time, but we learn from this verse of the Qur'an that there's some benefit. There's a heightened sense of awareness. What is the benefit? What happens normally is in the last third of the night, Allah Ta'ala softens our hearts. We are more prone to seeking forgiveness with a feeling heart. So if we try to make istighfar at that time, 
the barakah of that time of tahajjud softens our heart, puts a asr in our heart, and then we become more remorseful, more repentant when we make our istighfar. So if possible, it would be very good if we can make istighfar at this time, which is right before sadiq, right before the dawning of fajr. Otherwise, however, you can, we can do istighfar whenever we want. On occasion, sometimes, salat can make an extra tasbih of istighfar. And that is as follows, that if a person sits in muraqabah and feels that they're empty, that they're not able to focus, they're not able to concentrate, they're not feeling anything in their muraqabah, then they should assume that there must be something I did. So there are two cures around this. One is to make extra istighfar, and the second, which we may discuss later, is called, inshallah we will discuss it later, is called tawajjur shaykh which means very briefly that the shaykh puts his spiritual attention, he focuses his spiritual gaze on the heart of the marine. These are the two things that can remove that rust that is preventing us from focusing or concentrating in our marakama. So then if ever any one of us feels that we want, so you can make one extra tasbih istighfar. Beyond that, to make 1,000 istighfar, 11,000 istighfar, you cannot do unless you have permission of shaykh. Okay, so the amount of these ma'mulat are also matlub. In other words, the amount, the quantity is also something that we have to keep, uh, keep taking care of. For example, if a doctor gives you an antibiotic medicine and he tells you that you have to take this pill twice a day for seven days. Now, if a person takes two pills one day, doesn't take anything for three days, then on day number five takes seven pills, and doesn't take anything on day number six, and on day number seven takes the remaining three pills, will he be cured? He won't be cured. You go to the doctor after a week, I'm still sick. Did you fill the prescription? Yes. Did you take the medicine? Yes. Did you take all 14 tablets? Yes. Did you take them twice a day? No. Sometimes I did zero, sometimes I did five, so no. Not like that, that some days we do zero istighfar, some days we say a thousand istighfarat, next day we say zero again, one day we say three hundred. No, the quantity also is important. In fact, it comes in the deeth in Bukhari and Muslim that Rasulullah used to make istighfar 100 times a day. So even in the A'mal and Nabawi, in the actions of our beloved Messenger sometimes there are specific quantities mentioned. It's from that that our Mashaikh have taken these specific quantities. So again, from this Sahih deeth 100 times, and from that general philosophy of the Quran, again, Bukratum wa Asila, morning and evening, so twice a day, 100 times. In one hadith, Shaykh has mentioned in this book that one of the benefits of istighfar, and before I do that hadith actually, Allah subhanahu has mentioned in the Quran al Kareem, so the rabt, the rabt between istighfar and tasawwuf. Why is it that specifically, obviously, we knew before tasawwuf we have to make istighfar. That's a command Allah has given in Quran al Kareem, that is an injunction of the Sunnah. Every Muslim should be doing istighfar. Understood. What is the special rabt, uh, relationship, nisbat, connection? between istighfar and tasawwuf and that is as follows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said remember tasawwuf is that we want to get the closeness to Allah we want to make ourselves pleasing to Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran al-Kareem an amazing thing that verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yuhibb at-tawabeen has mahabba loves the people of Tawbah so who are the tawabeen? 
in order to become amongst the tawabin, in order to become a person of repentance, you have to first be a sinner. It's necessary. It's necessary to first do a sin that you can make istighfar and tawbah of it. This is Allah Taala's mercy. If he wanted to in the Qur'an al-Kareem, he could have said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ التَّوَابِينَ That verily Allah Taala forgives the tawabin. That would have been enough. Allah Taala said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَقْبِلُ التَّوَابِينَ التَّوَابِينَ That Allah Taala accepts the repentance of the people who repent. No. Allah Taala said in the Qur'an, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ التَّوَابِينَ That verily Allah Taala's mahabba, His love, is upon the people who make tawbah. So to become amongst the mahboob of Allah, even the sinners are not excluded from that. In other words, to be the mahboob of Allah is not only for the muttaqeen. Allah has left the door open to His sinners to also be amongst His mahboobeen, to be amongst His beloved. The name of that door is Tawbah and Istighfar. The last thing Shaykh mentioned some benefits of Istighfar as mentioned in one hadith. Rasulullah said, Man lazima al-istighfara that that person who regularly adopts istighfar as a practice, who views it as lazim, who views it as mandatory upon himself. That's why we call it a ma'mul. Ma'mul means something that we do on a daily, regular basis. Part of our regular routine, part of our life schedule. Man lazim al-istighfara, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do three things. Number one, جَعَلَ lahu min لَذَيْكٍ makhraja. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make for every difficult situation for him a makhraj and exit. We can understand that in many ways. One way people have understood that is risk. That if a person is in poor or in tough times, Allah will give him an exit from that tough time. Another way a person can understand this however, is that this lake, this um, constriction, can be a particular sin that we're not able to let go of. Many of us have sins that we're able to successfully stop for the sake of Allah. But at the same time, there are one or two or few sins that we're not in. We try to stop it. When we do it, we feel that shame. We turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and istighfar. We repent. We make sincere intention that we never do it again. But then we fall back into that sin again. Then we repent again. And then we fall into that sin again. So we are constricted. Somehow we are constricted. We're unable to exit from this sin by doing... By doing regular istighfar, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes for us a makhraj. He makes for us an exit from that sin that we could not have exited from ourselves. So one of the benefits of istighfar is that it helps us stay away from other sins. So number two, Ham means a deep type of worry. Or ending, uh, uh, a deep type of anxiety. So there are two words in Arabic, right? Huzn and Ham. Huzn means a type, uh, and Ham is a deeper type of Huzn. Ham is a type of anxiety that keeps you worried, keeps you up at night, keeps you crying, never lets you go. And Huzn is something, is a hal that comes over you. Is a, state, is a state that comes over you on a temporary basis. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here that He will, from every, this is min kulli hammin, from every ham, from every anxiety, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make a farajah, will make a, a salvation, an emancipation. He will liberate us from all of our worries. And the third thing that is mentioned in the hadith is, وَرَزَقَهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبْ And will give him sustenance, will give him wealth, will give him nourishment. مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبْ From where he would never have imagined. 
from where he cannot even account for that I don't even know how this risk is coming to me. So in the end then a few things that are mentioned, some benefits of istighfar. Shaykh once tells a story that there was two young men and these two young men were having an argument with one another. And while they were having this argument an old man walked by. So they went to the old man, his hairs of his beard had grown white in Islam and they said that old man we're having an argument maybe you can come and resolve our dispute and the old man said what are you arguing about and so we're arguing about something about deen and the old man said well I'm not a religious scholar I'm not an alim but why don't you tell me what you're arguing about maybe the wisdom of my age maybe the experience of my age might be able to resolve your dispute so they said old man we're having this discussion that who has the special mercy, mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who gets the khas rahma? Who gets that special gaze of mercy of Allah? That person who led a sin-free life or that person who committed sins but returned back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Tawbah. So subhanAllah, look, this is what the youth used to argue about once upon a time. These days, youth had debate and discuss with another frivolous, wasteful matter. Who is a better sports player? They can debate for hours on that. Who is the best soccer football player? Who is the best cricket player? Which team will win this year? The youth of this ummah used to debate these type of things. That who is that person who has the special gaze, the special rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That person who never sinned throughout their life? Or that person who sinned but then patched themselves back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through Tawbah? So the old man said, once again, my young friends, I'm not an alim. But my experience leads me to think that I might have the answer. And they said, what is that? And he said that what I do for a living is I weave large tapestries across a loom. I weave very large pieces of fabric across a loom. And if ever when I'm weaving that tapestry across the loom, one yarn breaks, one thread snaps, then I quickly go back and I tie it. I tie it back. And then I continue weaving, but while I'm weaving, I keep my special gaze on that thread, that yarn, that snapped, lest it break away again. So my own experience would make me think, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's khas rahmah, His special gaze of mercy, falls on that servant of Him who broke away from Him once and fell into sin, but tied Himself back in the knot of Tawbah, just like I keep my special gaze on that yarn, maybe Allah keeps His special mercy on that servant who came to Him in Tawbah, lest he fall into sin again. And that means that those of us who are sinners, if we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Tawbah, we can ask Allah for His special mercy, His special hifaza, His special protection, that He put His in His special custody, lest we fall back in our, into our sinful ways of the past. So this is the importance of istighfar, and this is why it is one of the ma'mul, or one of the ma'mulat of our silsila ali and any questions on these two things? Number one, first, any questions on Tilawak al-Qur'an, on daily recitation of the Qur'an? The question is on the two, um, it has to do with the definition of the evil. Okay. Normally when they would say morning and evening, many ulama think that by morning it means up to sunrise, and by evening it means up to Maghrib. But it's not necessary that that means you have to do it after Fajr and after Asr. Morning and evening you can just understand in a general way any time at night time. 
as far as the Shriya goes, Layl starts at Maghrib, right? The night starts at Maghrib, and it lasts until Fajr. So you can just split your time into two blocks. One is from Fajr to Maghrib. Some point between Fajr to Maghrib, you should have one sitting of Muraqabah or one Tasbih of Istighfar and one Tasbih of Durud, Salawat with just coming. And the second block of time is from Maghrib to Fajr. So just view it that way. One is from Fajr to Maghrib and one is from Maghrib to Fajr. So you can loosely, for the purposes of this Ma'amulat, view from Maghrib to Fajr as evening and from Fajr to Maghrib as what we were saying is morning. Okay. Uh, if a person misses some ma'amulat for some reason, maybe sickness, weakness, some other reason. So obviously, first of all, the, we should always remember that our mashaykh made these ma'amulat so easy that you can even do them lying in bed. In fact, many times when you go to a hospital and you visit a sick person, they're lying like this, but there's a tasbih in their hand and two fingers are moving. Even if otherwise, they might be weak. But if for some reason, weakness or maybe laziness or forgetfulness, or there are many reasons why on a regular basis, many of us skip one of the daily ma'amulat. So the question is, do you have to make it up? You don't have to make it up. It's a good thing to make it up. Just like technically speaking, it's not farz. In the sharia, it's not farz to do istighfar 100 times a day. So you didn't have to do it in the first place either. This is what we do. This is a, a process in the Sharia. Actually, it's called ijab uh, nawafil uh, That, uh, for example, it comes in Sharia that when you make a nafil fast, once you make niyyah to fast that nafil fast, it becomes wajib on you. Because you made, it was nafil. To, it was a voluntary, extra optional to begin with. But once you decided to start it, now it's wajib on you. If you break it, you, it's, you have to make it up. So what happens is, remember what I told you, أَحَمْبُ الْأَعْمَالِ إِنَّ اللَّهِ أَدْوَ مُحَاوَ إِنْكَ اللَّهِ So because we want our actions to be most pleasing to Allah, we want on our own to do it regularly. So it's a very good thing if a person has this practice, that if they miss something, they make it up the next day. The benefit of this is that this is very hard on the nafs. Because then the nafs isn't going to let you miss 10 days, because it's very difficult to make up 10 days worth of muraqabah, and 10 days worth of istighfar, and 10 days worth of talawa. Right? So that's very harsh on the nafs, so it's a very good way to discipline the nafs. In fact, Shaykh sometimes used to say that we should be as strict in our ma'amulat as we are in our eating. And if, then if we miss our ma'amul in the morning, we should say, I'm not going to eat dinner until I do my daily recitation of Qur'an, I do my istighfar, I do So there were some sincere salakin like that. We used to discipline their nafs so much that they would be regular on their ma'amulat. May Allah Ta'ala make all of us as disciplined seekers on this blessed path. So. Okay, but any 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 questions on any 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 other questions on Talawat Quran? Talawat Kitab? Tik. Okay, questions on. Okay, so just to review one thing we said for a couple of the people maybe who came late also, is that if we're unable to read the Quran then the way we fulfill this ma'mul is by dedicating, finding a teacher, plugging into a program, going to a class, receiving formal instruction. 
and how to read the Qur'an. So until we're able to read the Qur'an, then it's, it's in fact that's even more than this ma'mul. Uh, really for any believer who has the ability to learn how to read the Qur'an, it's wajib for him to learn how to read the Qur'an. So that's very important, very, very important. So we should try, uh, inshallah, to learn how to read the Qur'an al-Kareem. And that will count uh, as far as the susla goes, as far as our uh, ma'mulat go. That will count for number three in our series, which is Dilawati Kitab. What's your name? Ismail. 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 And then Zikrullah. First Ismail. Hmm. Yes, sir. When we are talking about how the Tilawah, how the Istikfar is done, so you mentioned a five points, but I was able to pick four. Number one, that is to reflect on one's sins and weak points. Then number two, to reflect on one's, if one could not do this, then one should reflect on one's state of mind. Not if one can't. These are multiple ways. Okay. It's not that you have to do one and... If you can't do one, you do number two. All of these are ways you can do it. Number one was to reflect on specific sins. Number two was to reflect overall in general on our sinful state. Okay. Hmm. Then number three, we think of the state of our heart. Hmm. And then the fourth one is a walk and pick. And the fifth one... The fourth one was to repent uh, due to our ghaflat, our heedlessness. Or that we don't do qadr, we didn't value the blessings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us, okay, such as Iman, Islam, Shaykh. I think that as number five, then Okay. There are many things, this, it's not limited to these five. These were just five examples. There's limitless things that we can make a stick far about. These, just view some of the things that we discuss as pointers. Just some initial pointers to help you get started. Right? Once you get started, inshallah, and then next year you will be telling me number 6 to 20, inshallah, inshallah. In other words, that we say there's a word called ishtihad, right? Now, we're not mujtahid in fiqh, but you can be mujtahid in istighfar. In other words, you can be creative in thinking the doors to creativity and imagination are open for you, all of us, to think how best we can do istighfar, what we should be making istighfar. Okay, okay, first Zikrullah, then Tajuddin, hmm. and, and then what's your name? Abu Bakr. Okay, Ji. Were you finished, Ismail? Yes, sir. Okay. Oh. I want to ask about this uh, flower thing. Let's assume somebody knows it up, up, like, up and I mean, like, uh, those, are, those people that are asses, can they read it? Without the Quran, I mean, all the Muslims. Okay. Okay. Uh, for those people who are hafaz, then their daily amount of recitation should be what we say according to their manzil, according to whatever routine they keep to keep their memorization alive. However, even for them, it is better that they at least do some portion by sight reading with niyat of tilawah because you see when you speak the Qur'an it is thawab when you look at the Qur'an it is a separate thawab when you listen to yourself speaking that's a separate thawab so they should do some portion in which they also view the Qur'an because the visual experience of the Arabic words the divine speech itself is a type of nur so they should get that nur as well and then obviously then they have to do some recitation without looking because that's how they keep their memory sharp Okay, if you can read Quran on the screen, that's your question. 
Reading on the screen technically would count as well because it's just another type of mushaf. Mushaf means a copy of the Quran, right? So one is we have a paper copy of the Quran. At one time people had the Quran on leaves, on parchment, on rock. In this day and age we have a digital mushaf, digital copy of the Quran. So if you read the digital copy, it's permissible, it would count as talawat. That's a separate thing that some people's own personality might be a bit, uh, let's say, old-fashioned. They might prefer the feeling of the book because you see when you have the kitab in you, you don't have that experience. When you have a digital thing, you don't feel that you have, although it is in the memory, it's there in the magnetic hard drive, but you don't feel the wujud, the presence of the kitab on the screen. You just see the screen on the screen. It's there, that's why it counts as a musaf. It's 100% jais, 100% jais, without any karahat, without any dislike, it would count as talawa. But there's a different experience of feeling the whole kitab in your hand. Some people, if they feel that way, they might want to prefer to recite it from the book. But technically, reading or reciting from the screen is, is jais, it counts as talawa. I'll give you an example that there's some people that sometimes they just hold the Quran. I've never seen anybody take a digital and then Allah Allah, maybe that day will come also. Maybe our next generation, our youth will be so computerized that the way we take the Quran and hold it like this, they will take their digital and hold it like this. It's possible. But I mean there's something, there's something special about the Mus'haf. Mus'haf. But it's 100% permissible and somebody for some reason maybe uh, you know find some ease in that and it's permissible to do your talawat on the screen okay my question is uh, in distractions during the Muhammad like if distractions you know during Muhammad uh, maybe at home and you have a limited space or room and you want you don't want to be distracted can you uh, have you know the families to tell them that he wants to be busy. You know you don't want to be disturbed and probably be in the room for some time before they or you just have to cope with the disturbance. As far as that type of disturbance, family, you should try. It's probably better that you try to cope with it because what happens is we don't. Uh, let's put it this way that we don't want to attach an air of importance to what we're doing to our family. So it shouldn't be that, you know, wife, I'm going into the room, I'm doing my 106 bar, I don't want to hear my kids even speak. So either you take them outside or you keep them quiet. Now what happens is that here we're doing a stikfar and because of Sufi Saab doing a stikfar, everybody's in a state of fear. The wife is telling the kid, don't speak, don't speak, don't say, don't, don't pick that up, don't say that, your father's doing a stikfar. Right? <laughs> it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like that. Because we need to win over our families with love. So we should try inshallah. And the real, the real, the reality is, is that actually we need that ability. We need the ability to be able to remember Allah or to concentrate in ibadat while other things are going on. It's not always that you're going to be in itikaf. It's not always that we're going to be in some seclusion or in some sanctuary or in some type of retreat. So we need this deen is, doesn't ask us la rahbaniyata fil islam. There's no monasticism in Islam. We have to pass to some, in, in Urdu, in English we would say that you have to. The 
you have to pass or you have to traverse or travel on this path of the deen and this path leads right through your living room, your bedroom, your bazaar, your store, your office, your factory. It's not going to go around. We can't make a detour around our life. It has to cut through our life. So istighfar has to sometimes maybe take place in a state where people might be noisy or kids might be playing or the family might be busy. Yeah. <laughs> Always remember this. One, uh, one of my teachers in Madrasa used to say that we can never, we should never be so extreme in the Sunnah, in which we actually try to outdo the Prophet ﷺ himself. We cannot outdo the Prophet ﷺ, right? So we cannot be that I'm... I mean, obviously nobody thinks like this, but if we look at our actions, our actions should not be that somehow they're surpassing the Sunnah, that the Prophet ﷺ existed amongst people, but we live in the jungle. There were some Sufis, you might, somebody might be thinking that we hear stories, there were some people like that. That is a topic that we won't be able to get into in these 10 days. They were called Madzub. Madzub were people who had a particular hal on top of them. They were like exceptional cases. They were other than the norm. They were higher. I mean, there were specific feelings and specific emotions that demanded them to go into the jungle or to go into the cave. If somebody is Madzub, that's a separate thing. Nobody can don't uh, diagnose yourself as a mujib either, <laughs> right? But the vast majority of us, we are salikin, and there's a whole sheikh. He even gave a whole lecture on this once: the difference between a salik and a mujib. Here, so I mean, we should not try to outdo, don't overdo or outdo the sunnah. Don't be, we shouldn't be too Sufi for our own good, right? Sometimes sheikh used to say in English that are you Sufi or are you goofy? <laughs> you know, goofy. No. Goofy. You know Goofy? Goofy, Goofy. No? You know Goofy? Uh, goofy means be, being foolish, being like a clown. Like being like a clown. Being like a clown. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. Abu Bakr. I mentioned the Like for example, which one? Uh, like, uh, uh, we said before we sleep in the night, we can, uh, they are uh, prescribed a 25 piece in fact that they say Professor Law is having to do. Astaghfirullah al-Nadhi La ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyum wa atubu ilayh Okay, any of anything that you find in the hadith, right? Then if you have extra time after finishing your ma'mulat and you want to do different du'as that are mentioned in the hadith for example, even Shaykh has collected 40 of them in the beginning of Shadra 
If you see Sajra, in the beginning of Sajra, Shaykh has collected 40 different formulas of invocations, supplications, du'as, different things. So you can do that, but that won't count as, I mean, that is in addition to and above your daily ma'mul of istighfar. Yeah. And, and, and the daily ma'mul of istighfar has to be done with this formula also. Astaghfirullah rabbi min kulli dhanbi wa atubu ilayhi. Yes. Zakaria? 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 No. From Zimbabwe, right? No. Yeah. Actually, it's, a, it's an off topic question again. It's like as a Bayan, as a cheese Bayan, when you were translating, you mentioned when it's like why you. Uh, do, it's like, sorry, it's like uh, the reason why we fall is like when we put a, a problem, we tend to give excuses rather than we, we pray to Rakas. Now, the question is, the, 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 question, the question is uh, intention, the intention, I, I mean the, the, the near. Of those two rakats. Is that istifara? Is that hajjah? Oh, no, no. Uh, uh, sometimes you can pray to nafil mutlak. Mutlak means without any specific intention. Istikhara is something specific. Hajat. You could make niyat of salat al-hajat if you want. Istikhara means that there's a decision that you're faced with and you want Allah SWT to put khair, to put good in your decision. Salat al-hajat means that there's a particular need that you have. And you're turning to Allah to help you fulfill your need. That might be the case depending on the type of difficulty you're in. But it's also, the, the, the important point to remember is that we can pray nawafil in general without any particular niyat. It's not that there are only kinds of nawafil, istikhara, haja, tawbah, tahiyatul masjid, tahiyatul wudu. There's also just plain nafil. You can pray any, uh, without, you don't need a specific niyat for that. So what Shaykh was mentioning in the Bayan specifically, he actually was saying that generally, just pray to nafil. He wasn't specifically referring to any specific type of prayer. Yeah. What, what I want to be clarified is, I guess he stand up and say, Allah Akbar. The niyat is that Allah SWT is praying two rakats nafil for your sake, uh, facing the Qibla. And then Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, what's your name? Hold on. Ismail? Ismail. Ismail. Because I know your faces now, so now I can know your names easier. Ismail, Suleiman, Abdul Razak. You're Abdul Razak. Wasim. No, no, Wasim. 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 Yeah. I'm the Wasim. I'm the Razak. Swan. Suleiman. I'm the Wasim. I'm the Razak. I'm the Kader. Idris. Abdul Fatah. Idris. Abdul Fatah. Ismail. Abu Bakr. No. Ismail. Abu Bakr. Don't say anything. Ismail. Ismail. They're close. Ismail, Zakaria, Zikrullah, Tajuddin. Qasim. Ishaq and Suleiman. Okay. Yes. Abdul Razak. 
Like a salon. My question is for Muhammad. If this happened that someone it is in the morning that they used to do his own Muhammad, but it happened that uh, maybe someone sick, so he has to visit that person in the hospital. Is it going to do that Muhammad can visit that person or he will do that Muhammad that the time he has said you know, used to do it? Oh no, if if you are per, if if a person has set a specific time, let's say that every morning at 10 a.m. I do muraqabah, and all of a sudden at 9:45 a.m. they get a call that somebody is sick, so you should go to the hospital for iada. Iada means to visit the ill. You should go for that, even if you're not there at your 10 o'clock time slot to do muraqabah. That's fine. Then you can shift your time for doing your ma'mul later on, right? One thing also I'll mention, that sometimes shaitan uses this trick. This is the following trick. Listen to this trick. That, yo, you become bad tasawwuf and muraqabah and istighfar and durood. Even they told you that this is not farz or wajib, this is extra. And you have so many salah that you have to make up. So many fara'id salah that you haven't prayed. You have to make what we call qadai umri for your whole life and that is wajib. So, instead of spending 20 minutes in Raqqaba, you should spend those 20 minutes. You yourself say Raqqaba is nafal. You should spend those 20 minutes doing wajib, which is your qadha. <laughs> what a question. Huh? You should make up your previous prayers. The answer for this is very simple. That yes, that the prayers that we missed up in our life are wajib to make up. And we will make them up by taking away time from where we gave that prayer. Let me explain this way. If you missed Fajr three years ago, and you gave that time you should have given to Fajr to Muraqabah, then yes, miss Muraqabah now for Fajr. But you didn't miss, didn't give that time to Muraqabah, you gave that time to the dunya. So when we missed our prayers, we gave that time to the dunya. So now when we're going to make up our prayers, we're going to take the time from our dunya. We're not going to take the time from our deen. Understand the answer? It's not as if we missed, when we missed our prayers, we gave that time to Muraqabah. So now it's payback time that you should take the time from Muraqabah and use it for your missed prayers. When we missed our prayers, we gave that time to dunya, or to sleep, or to laziness, or to whatever. So when we're going to make up our qadha, we're going to take, from, take, back, take it back from the dunya. So don't think like that, that, no. Everything has its own particular place. We have to continue doing our dhikr. Just like you have to continue. Now, shaitan will never tell you to stop working to make you miss the prayers. <laughs> right? You'll never get that thought. So everything has to continue in life. There's balance. Some kasb halal earning a halal livelihood. Doing our ma'mulat. Praying our fara'id. Acquiring ilm. Another thing that will take your time. Acquiring sacred knowledge of the deen. And if somebody has prayers that they've missed that they have to make up, they also have to make a separate time for that. That's why I repeat over and over again, this isn't the only thing that we have to do. This isn't the be-all and end-all of deen. This is one component of our entire deeni program. And the making up missed prayers is a separate component. That if somebody has such prayers like that, he needs to make time for that. And he should take time from the same dunya that he gave the time to when he missed the prayers in the first place, not from his muraqaba or his istikfar. Hmm. Right, I'm sorry. The question is, there are some Quran. Qasim. Yeah. Hmm. There are some Quran in pieces. Sometimes you have them in six pieces. The whole Quran, you have them in six pieces or three pieces. 
is it advisable to take them part by part or is additional? Yes, 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 sure. Sometimes there are 30 pieces. Sometimes people have made that you can recite one piece at a time. That's 100% fine. Even I've seen people take the piece and go like this. That's so okay. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> in some sense, right? Not really an itikaf because the thing is, an itikaf we have 24 hours free. So if a person has 24 hours free, there should be enough time to do the group marakaba as well as do our own individual marakaba. Number one. Number two, given that we have this time with Shaykh, there's one thing that I didn't... I'm going to explain a bit more. I guess we'll move to end on this. Even when you're doing individual marakaba when the Shaykh is around, or even when you do individual marakaba back in Nigeria, you can make this intention just initially. Just initially that you can imagine that my heart is in front of or in closeness or near the heart of my shaykh and the fez that I am trying to attract into my heart Allah Ta'ala's his nur, his rahmah, his fez is coming to me from the heart of my shaykh and then after that then you think individually then you think my heart is saying Allah 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 so but if there is a person that maybe you're traveling like for example let's say shaykh comes to Johannesburg and he gives Mulan Junaid some assignment to do, some work to do. So during the day, Mulan Junaid is out in town, busy. So he might not have time because he's fulfilling the order of the Shaykh. Another thing that we won't be able to tell you in these 10 days is what we call Qurb al Fara'id and Qurb al Nawafil. Very briefly, that means that when Her Mulan Junaid will explain that to you one day. Mulan Junaid will explain that to you one day. But uh, it so if you're busy, then yes, your 20 minutes of makbah with the shaykh, would at least you logged in your 20 minutes, right? But in itikaf, you should try to make your own individual makbah because that will help you benefit from the makbah of the shaykh. In other words, view this as preparatory work. You know, like when a person paints, they don't just paint, first they scrub the wall clean with sandpaper. Then they put something called primer. Then it's ready for the painter to come and apply the paint. So just like that, we should view our individual marakaba like we're scrubbing our heart clean with the sandpaper. And then maybe we do some little Allah Allah, a bit of primer. And then we put our heart in front of Shaykh and the Shaykh, like we say rang, I mean the Shaykh will put the dye, will put the color, will put the paint if you want, right, into our heart. One thing more... I thought of something and it left me and you asked your question so okay one more question then we should do some but 
we should always try to stop at three so you can at least sleep for one. When do they move the mattresses? At four? Four. Four. You should at least sleep for one hour, otherwise it's difficult in time. Yes. Suleiman. Yes, yes, yes. You should. Not just you can. You should do maraqabah anytime you're afraid. You should do maraqabah anytime you're afraid. Your question was that does the maraqabah with the shaykh replace the individual maraqabah, right? And well, I thought of something important actually, but I forgot to tell them about maraqabah. Left my mind. Yeah, and the lady should continue with their muraqaba, with their istighfar, and also with what we'll discuss briefly tomorrow, their durood, salawat. And there's everything except for salah and tilawat they should do. And also our mashayikh recommend that if a woman can, she should try to keep her schedule of five daily prayers in the sense of not pray, but at those five times she should sit for muraqabah or istighfar or durood or something else so that she keeps that habit there. Otherwise sometimes an laziness comes in, right? That if you get a five, six, seven, eight, nine, sometimes ten day break from prayers, and all of a sudden to get yourself back, so to keep that schedule, the discipline of that schedule alive. And then there's also barakah at these times, right? There's a barakah at Fajr time that normally we get that barakah once we pray. So she can get the barakah of the Fajr time by doing maqabah at that time, the barakah of Zohar, doing some other ibadat at the time. In other words, that during Allah SWT has divided the day into these five blocks of time, each one has its own barakah. So she should also try to get the, continue to get the barakah even in her menstrual period of all five blocks of time by doing some ibadah in all those five blocks of time. Inshallah. Okay. Close your eyes and bow your head. Inshallah, we will sit for a few moments in the Come on. Cut yourself off from everything in this world and focus yourself exclusively on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine that Allah subhanahu wa nur and rahmah and faz is entering into our heart, is purifying our hearts of its sins through the hearts of our Mashaykh. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah Subhanallah Rabbillah Alhamdulillah Muhammad Allahumma a'inna la zikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadah alikatimatullah baka Allahumma inna la salaka humbaka wa humba maya humbaka Allahumma <laughs> 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 <laughs>